Hello and welcome to the Authentic You podcast. My name is Stacey Hockenberry, your girl, your host with the most. I am sitting across from the producer of Authentic You podcast, Renee Mora. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. And good night, depending on when you're listening. <laughs> to this podcast. So let me set up the atmosphere. Can I do that? You can. Because we are not on the green couch today. We are not. Oh, what is the other podcast we wanted to uh, name? Uh, the green couch. The green couch. The green velvet couch. Yeah. We're sitting in office chairs. Yes. They're comfortable. Air conditioning is at 75 because it's not really working. <laughs> Also, it's loud. <laughs> it's really loud. So you may hear uh, breathing really loud because we're <laughs> sweating. You may hear cars driving by. You may hear the air condition decide to turn on abruptly. So okay. we're doing this, guys. Did you say that we're at HQ? Oh, we're at HQ. Yeah. HQ is our headquarters. Home away from home. The church headquarters. So yes, home away from home. So yes. Hello, Renee. How we doing besides hot? <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Good. We had like a whole hour conversation prior to this. Yes. Hopefully we still have things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing record. We do. In fact, yes. we're going to start today off with another gut-wrenching topic, butterboards and pumpkin spice. <laughs> Yay. I'm kidding, but I wish we could sometimes just talk about butterboards and pumpkin spice. <laughs> Instead of just going right for the uh, the guts, you are a pumpkin spice person, though, aren't you? I am not a pumpkin spice person. <gasps> yeah, me either. I will. So my husband the other day, we're at HQ at a football event, and he hands me a pumpkin spice latte. And he says, I was thinking of you. Here you go. Cute. If he if he got me a caramel ribbon crunch, I would have been fine. If he got me a Pike Place with cream no sugar, I would have been fine. So it wasn't something like I needed the pumpkin spice latte. I'm the, not that girl. The day that Starbucks released it, and the traffic <laughs> around the Starbucks was so insane. And I was thinking, you guys know that they sell pumpkin spice creamer year round at the store, right? <laughs> They do. I got it like a couple of weeks ago yeah. or like a month ago in preparation. Whatever. Now, my daughter makes these pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. Wait, pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. Yes. That sounds really good. They are so good. Um, So that pumpkin spice I can get down with. But also pumpkin and coffee is just not a thing to me. Wait, I do like a good pumpkin apple cinnamon candle. Sure. Like that. Yes. That's the vibe right there. My house probably smells like pumpkins and apples and cinnamon right now because we are huge candle fans. Yeah, we need some candles in here because this just smells candles. like office. It just smells like office with no air. <laughs> with no air. Okay, so we to are the gutting. <laughs> on to the gutting. <laughs> here we go. All right, just as a reminder, we are at Authentic Church. We're in the middle of a series called I Quit. Um, it is an Authentic You series, sermon series. So we're doing a little deep dive here for a couple of sessions. So last week was Quit Lying. 
So we talked about that on the podcast last week. And then this past Sunday, you preached again, and the topic was quit blaming. (laughs) So we are going to dig into that. And it will have its usual amount of discomfort. Okay. (laughs) Or as the kids like to say, uncomfortability. And I just really need to go on record now that I have a microphone in front of my face and say, that is not a word, you guys. Please stop saying it. Wait, young kids say uncomfortability? Yeah. Who are these young kids? You know, this is what I'm saying. It's not just young kids anymore. I heard it for the first time a couple years ago and I was like, sir, absolutely not. Oh no, was it from the pulpit and was it my husband? It wasn't your husband. Okay. Although I'm sure if I go through the archives, I can find it. So with our requisite amount of uncomfortability, (laughs) let's get into quit blaming. Um, You started your sermon off with saying that children are obviously notorious for blame shifting, denying responsibility, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. You had some cute examples from your kids and your own life. Um, So question then, this had me thinking is blame shifting really a maturity issue? Because you start off right off the bat talking about this is kid stuff, most obviously, and yet you weren't preaching over in kids' church. You were talking to a room full of grownups, and they all cringed when you brought it up. I know you say that I was preaching to a room full of grownups, but if we really take a deep dive sometimes, we are a room full of kids, still stuck in our kid-like ways. Sure. So um, first, <laughs> blaming, I do want to define what that is here. You know, blaming, blame shifting really is not taking responsibility. Not taking responsibility for our stuff and, and shifting the blame onto someone else or, or something. Um but it's definitely an issue with emotional immaturity um, because kids are messy and everything everything is a first for them. You know, mm-hmm. they're learning everything for the first time, so they're messy. Um, they're learning how to be emotionally stable people, <laughs> little, right. little beings. You know, they're learning to test boundaries and to create boundaries, um, and they're learning to take responsibility for their junk, right? Um, but when they're not taught these things by their parents or their caregivers, um, they aren't going to, they will not be emotionally stable adults that have boundaries. Right. Um, and those kids that play the, play, uh, the blame game when they're younger, because we all do it, all kids do it. They don't know how to take responsibility um, in the beginning, but all the kids that play that blame game when they're younger, if they're not taught something different, they will play that blame game as an adult. Right. And isn't it so, I don't know, funny is the right word, but it's the word I've got. (laughs) Um, A kid, when they're the one getting blamed, I mean, they can spot it from a mile away, obviously. And the same with us. Nobody wants to be on the receiving end of the blame game. No. Yet we're not too quick to notice when we're doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you you said, you know, kids are messy because they're learning all this stuff. And 
I guess I'm saying brace yourself because it's very messy when we're learning this stuff as adults. And of course, we've got our baggage we're dragging, (laughs) dragging along with us as we do. Yeah. And let me let me say this. Um, This is why we do what we do. Because the parents now are that have children, young children, they have a responsibility to get their stuff in order, right? So then they can pass it down to their kids. So authentic you is not being played by six-year-olds right now. Right. It's being played by their mom and their dad or their aunt or their grandma, caregiver, whatever. And so that's why we're passionate about doing this work and going deep. Yeah, we talked about pumpkin spice latte and that's fun, um, but we need to go deep not to expose anyone to a point where they feel this shame and disgust. And so um, I can never, I can never heal from this, but no, there is healing and freedom when you expose yourself to the things that you don't know. Yeah. And I think letting go of, you know, so many, so many of us are, we talked about this a little bit last week, performative, mm-hmm. you know, perfectionist. We're, we're very concerned with coming across a particular way. Mm-hmm. And when you just put all that down and like, just accept the messiness of it all. Um, there, that's part of the freedom. Yeah. It's like I don't, I don't need to feel ashamed. I'm saying flat out what it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, you know, I started this whole like deep dive in my own life. Exposure. That word sounds so funky and gross but like it's it really is really is a good word to use here um several years ago and I'm seeing the fruit of that exposure now not only in my life yes but in my children mm-hmm. like I'm seeing the way they respond now um how they handle conflict with friends how yes they will blame shift or they'll lie or they'll, they're sinners they're little <laughs> nasty sinners <laughs> But I can see um, the wheels turning in their head like, wait, this is wrong and I need to address this. Yes. And they're, you know, 8, 11, and 12. Right. The kids are not perfect. That's, that's not what I'm communicating here. I'm just communicating, hey, when mama or daddy takes the responsibility of doing that deep dive, um, the people around them benefit from it. Absolutely. And to... I'll I'll add on to that in the in the sense or or affirm that you know I'm in my 50s my kids are 17 20 and almost 22 and it's I've been doing this work about the same time you have so a little later start in life yeah. but I'm seeing it too and I remember saying to you a couple of weeks ago oh my gosh I'm seeing it yeah. like now my older girls have kind of gone on this journey as well, like doing their own deep dive with counselors and these kinds of things that we're doing. Um, so they're taking responsibility for themselves and not just sitting there saying, well, this is the way you raised me, Yeah, you know, but to see it start to come to action or to fruition rather, I remember saying to you like, oh my gosh, some of the stuff that's been going generations in my family, I'm seeing it break right in front of my face. Mm. And like, I remember even saying, I, there's a real solid chance here. I'm going to see my grandkids not deal with some of this stuff. 
Let's go. That we've been dealing with. And that is so exciting. Yes. And I think I I think of that Bible verse, you know, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And mm-hmm. it's like, hmm, yes, amen. I'll take it. Yes. The work isn't easy, nor is it pumpkin spice lattes and butterboards, right? It's very hard. Um, and I personally have seen you look at me and say, I can't even do this anymore. Like I'm, this is so exhausting. I'm so tired of always having to deal with my stuff, right? Cause the <laughs> stuff just keeps coming out. I remember saying to you, can I not just lie down <laughs> in my bed and say, I'm just going to be broken because <laughs> it's a lot more restful at times. Absolutely. But I do want to say this as mother. So from a mother's perspective, we are called, obviously with boundaries, to sacrifice for our children. Mm-hmm. And I saw a major sacrificial love that you had for your children that you said, I'm going to stay in the game. I'm going to stay in the fight because it is worth seeing my grandchildren down the road benefit from what the Lord is doing in my life now. Mm-hmm. And that is major. So as Mothers and fathers, we're, we are called to shepherd our children. That doesn't mean tell them what to do. That means show them what it looks like to be gutted by the Lord right. in a healthy way. Right. <laughs> and you're, it doesn't matter where you are in your parenting Absolutely. stage. Like, again, I started late, what I would consider late. Like, I wish I had figured this out before I had kids or when they were toddlers, whatever. Yeah. I didn't. Um, and it's okay because the yes. Lord will take it wherever wherever we decide to jump in. It's fine and it's not too late as long as we have breath. Yes. And you could already be a grandparent and you could start doing that. And we actually, we've had yes. in our first boundaries class, we had a grandfather and that's what he said. He yeah. said, I'm able to do things differently now with my grandkids yes. um, that I wasn't able to do as a father. And I distinctly remember bursting out crying when he said that. <laughs> You're a crier. I am. Which I actually love that about you. I actually hate it, but it is what it is. Well, because I'm like <laughs> the daggone desert here <laughs> until I go home. I'm like, ah! Right. So we balance each other out. Yes. Yes. All right. So blame shifting. <laughs> what are some common examples of blame shifting among adults that you see? You know, because it's not like he... You know, I didn't leave my socks on the floor. So and so did it. He bit you know, me. It's not the kids' stuff. <laughs> it's a, you know, what is? It's obviously it can get a little more serious once we're adults. Yeah. So, what are some of the common um, examples that you see of that? Um, I've been in ministry for over twenty years, so I talk to a lot of people, and I'm in a lot of people's homes. <laughs> And in their business, not because I want to be in their business, it's because they have invited me into their business. So I, this list can go on for six sessions. So um, one of the main things that I hear people say is um, I blame my spouse for not being happy. Right. That's a, that's a big one. You know, there's so many layers to that statement. <laughs> while the spouse has to take responsibility for the maybe the poor investment that they've made into their marriage to say 
this person didn't make me happy. And so now I'm miserable in my marriage is, is just, we are blame shifting. Mm -hmm. And so that is actually the number one thing I hear from people. Yikes. Yeah. It's not, it's not cute. Um, I have a list here. I had to write them down because there's so many, uh, we can blame our boss for being miserable at work. You know, I've had that season. We blame our kids for having uh, to quit our dream job because I had kids, so it is what it is. Or we blame our kids, and this was a huge thing for me, for being exhausted all the time. Right. It's your fault, you little jerks. <laughs> Which I know you would never say to their friends. I would never, <laughs> and they're actually not press pause. I've actually, uh, my husband said, I don't know if you could listen to this podcast. He told my kids because they listen to their dad's fun podcast mm -hmm. every night. Mm -hmm. every, That's so cute. Every night. Um, so they keep asking, can I listen to the podcast? Can I listen to the podcast? So no, I would never call you jerks. If you ever hear this podcast, <laughs> they've never heard me call them. A jerk. Um, we blame the people around us for the problems we have because honestly, we just have a lack of boundaries. Yeah. So we just, we blame other people for all our problems. Um, this is going to be, I think I like breezed over this Sunday morning. Maybe we'll breeze over this now, but this is a big one. I'm uh, scared. We, <laughs> well, we blame the church. Mm. Um, now there are real things that happen. Like that's, that's not what I'm saying. There's real bad things that, that can happen in a church. Um, but we can blame the church for not having a relationship with God. Yeah. That is like a big thing that we're dealing with or that we see now. Right. You know, um, or we blame the church for walking away from God. Well, the church didn't show up the way I wanted them to show up. And so then there's just, there's no God. Right. What? <laughs> right. Um, and that's not, like you said, it's not to say that there might not have been legitimate failure on the no. church's end in a situation, but like to extrapolate that out yes. too. And thereby God also failed me. Yeah, it's because, you know, in youth ministry, um, my husband and I were in youth ministry for a long time. So were you. We heard a lot of blaming from the teenagers. They, it was hard for them to take responses. Some teenagers, it was hard for them to take responsibility. Um, but when we would say to them, hey, you know, you can't do this specific thing at church um, because this is... Uh, we've got to press pause on your behavior. It's, it's affecting people. Um, there, they would have parents come to talk to me and my husband and the parents would blame us for not being the church mm. instead of looking at the behavior of that their kid had, that was extremely inappropriate. You know, we had one kid that was like smoking weed and having sex with everyone trying to have sex with all the girls in youth ministry and so my husband's like no we're pumping the brakes on this right but the parents could not see that and it was like well you're supposed to be the church um we've had several people leave the church because of decisions like that mm -hmm. so now like you said and i do want to hit this because someone could splice this up however they want right this is not us saying the church is perfect no. Because I have, I am the church. I have failed many times and they have failed me. Mm -hmm. So um, this one, ready? Drum roll. Here we go. <sighs> use those nails. Yeah, let's use these <laughs> nails. Um, men blame women for a lack of self-control and dying 
to their own flesh. Men get blamed for other men's lack of control. Mm. It's just this huge blame game. Do you want to sit on that for a second? Oh my gosh. Am I prepared? <laughs> Go for it, girl. <laughs> um, you know, the whole, I've seen this a lot, even in my life, you know, the blame game going to the extreme of like I, men not being able to control their own selves and they blame it on women for their lack of dying to flesh. And it's sad. It's still happening to, to this day. Um, and we don't need to go too deep into that because actually we do have an episode um, not coming up soon, but I am going to have some men on here mm-hmm. talk about that. Cause yeah, that's good. Th- we need to hear from the men. Right. Not all men are garbage. <laughs> Surely not. No. Um, we even blame the devil for making us do our naughty things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nah, sis. That's all you. <laughs> you chose that one all you by yourself. You chose that one all by yourself. And just, I'll, I'll wrap this, this part up. We can even blame God for all the bad in our life and the struggles we face. Right. I've done it. Right. You know, the, ba- the blame game has been played since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And you talked about that a lot on Sunday and we're going to, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, so I really love to, when I'm looking at something as a whole, be like, okay, what's my one sentence takeaway on this? Um, <laughs> so kind of we, what we took away on Sunday was that if you want to cultivate deeper intimacy with God and with others, that you have to quit this blame game. So that kind of, when I look at that sentence, that kind of indicates a s- several different things. I want to kind of take these one at a time and have you speak to them. Um, one, blaming is a personal issue, right? You have to own it, but it has relational effects. Yes. So let's start with that one. Um, yes. When we, when we blame uh, the people in our lives for things, never really taking responsibility, never looking at ourselves, uh, our relationships will suffer. They just, they just will. You, you can't escape that. Um, because no one wants to be around someone that doesn't take responsibility for their stuff. That's that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very exhausting. Um, you can't build trust in a relationship when it, there's just constant blaming happening. Yeah, you, you can't. There, you cannot. Um, and without trust, you can't go deep. So in any relationship, we want to have intimacy with each other, friendship, a husband and wife, whatever. Um, and we need to go deep. We need to have that, that intimacy. And if you, can't, if you don't have trust with someone, you, you cannot go there. You, have, you will have a superficial relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't produce good fruit. It just doesn't. You cannot have healthy communication um, because the person who is constantly blaming people in circumstances um, makes it very difficult to be in communication with. And I've been, I've been there where I have, you know, had conversations with someone that just always turned it around on someone else or even turned it around on me, made me feel like, yeah, yeah, you know? Um, And that is, there is a term out there floating around that is a real thing. And, that's called gaslighting. 
Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that needs to be its own whole thing. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I say this all the time. I'd rather be with someone that is really honest with me, with their weaknesses, than try to blame shift. I'd rather just suck it up and just, let's just be real here. I suck. Or I did this. <laughs> or I am responsible I'm responsible for the pain that I just caused you. Right. Like I rather that that be the hard thing than shift blame and it's has greater consequences later. Yeah. Well, you said um like that inability to be honest about responsibility it, and I just jotted this down. It's just another form of lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about lying last week. Yeah. It's that failure to be honest to just be constantly dodging bullets. There's no way to, like you said, no way to have intimate relationships there. There's no way to go deeper with somebody like that. There's no way to um, communicate well with that person. And whether you are that person, that's one problem. That If you're the one dealing with that person, just the crazy factor that goes goes on in your head, it's like, wait a minute, what? What is happening right now? Yeah, That's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. And if you're in that kind of relationship long enough, you will you will start believing stuff about yourself and about the situation. That That's a lie. And mm-hmm. that's just, that's why we cannot, we can't go deep. Right. Relationships really suffer. I do want to, um, just because I, I do hear stories and I'm in ministry and I've experienced a lot of things in ministry. Um, and I jotted this, this down because um, I think this is common. Our relationships can suffer if we don't get out of the blame game, Um, particularly our marriages. This is one thing that I've I've actually heard many times, Renee, and it's um, the a husband will blame his wife for his infidelity or porn addiction because of her lack of affection towards him. Mm. or lack of physical intimacy. So like he will, instead of stopping and thinking and trying to figure out as a leader of the home, what's happening here? Do we have poor communication skills? Is there something that she needs? Instead of me focusing on my needs, is there something that she's struggling with? Do I need to show her sacrificial love? Do I need to show her the heart of Jesus in this moment? But blame would have us go do our thing, let me step outside my marriage. Let me let me you know hop on the internet and and do whatever I want to do because it's her fault. She's not fulfilling my needs. She's not doing what I need her to do. First of all, that's disgusting. It's sinful. It's 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 not a it's not that's not leadership qualities. And a husband in the home is called to lead, you know, lead his home well. And so relationships suffer marriages suffer a lot i i probably have seen hundreds being 20 years in this in the game hundreds of marriages struggle yeah with blame i think it's important to say too though it it works the same way for the wife like plenty of wives step out on their marriage oh he doesn't pay attention to me he's not meeting my emotional needs whatever it is um and that goes back to what we're saying at the very beginning, most people are not, um, you know, that are at that point, 
they're not at the place of even being able to take the personal inventory, you know, where it's like, okay, where am I not taking responsibility? That's not how people are. Most people are like thinking on a default basis. It's like, here's how I'm feeling. How, How do I feel better? Yeah. Right. So Again, just underlining the importance of becoming aware of ourselves <laughs> and where our blind spots are and where we are immature, where we um, just do not have the skills or the tools yeah. so that we can do better. Um, yeah, let me let me interject yeah. here. It's um, let me speak for the people that think they could do everything on their own. Talking to my, I'm talking to myself. I struggled. Um, with that for years like I got this I don't I don't need you invite people in mm. invite people into your process um, so if you stumbled upon this podcast and you are an independent person that you can do you, you got this all right I'm gonna pray and father reveal to me what is the deal with me I encourage you to bring people in trusted people right Yes. That's very important. I think we talked about that. We did. And and making sh- making sure that at least some of those people are on this road already Absolutely. and a few paces ahead of you. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you need people around you that speak the same language. You need people around you that speak the same language that can say, oh, I know exactly that feeling you're feeling right now. I need to remind you there's hope at the end of this. There's hope. So a hundred percent. Yes. Bring people on. Um, whether it's a trusted leader, pastor, mentor, friend, you know, whatever it is to the independent people out there. Yes. Yeah, it's not a solo gig. This is not, you will die if you live on an Island alone. Right. And that's not saying obviously, God can do whatever he wants. True. God could, you can be in your prayer closet and God just blows you up and that's it. You're free of all this stuff. Um, it has to be tested in relationship. Yep. So you can't test these things in isolation nope. and you that's have good. to be willing to let people close enough that you're able to see like these tools in action. Yeah. Right. So that kind of goes to the third point. Um, which is we have to consciously choose this change. Nobody just, you know, wakes up one day and it's like, yeah, I'm good. Right. We have to choose. We keep talking about this. When I decided to go down this path, when I decided to start pursuing healing, it is a decision that has to be made very deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. We're not sitting here saying we've arrived oh gosh no we made it guys join our party special invite only subscribe to my authentic you podcast and take a (laughs) class we're not saying that i have to die to self every day Mm -hmm. i have to choose to move forward in what i know is the truth because there are days when i wake up and there are lies all around me it's not worth it. You're not seeing fruit. Um, the people around you aren't growing. So now, is it is it even worth it? Maybe you should just stay at the level of your friends or stay at the level of whatever, right? 
So I, I have to, and I'm not exaggerating, daily die to self. I have to daily die to the lies that the enemy has um, mm-hmm. laid out for me, waiting every morning, right? So every morning I have to choose this, this path. God, I choose you. I choose exposure today because when you expose me today, I will reap the benefits of it in the future. Right. If I wake up and deny that I am a sinner, deny that, you know, I'm, I am a messy person. Um, I am going to suffer and the people around me are going to suffer. You know, this work isn't, when we say this work, I wonder if we can have like another word to, to say, um, but this work is the hardest thing I've ever done. There are times when I'm like you, can I just dip? <laughs> Cause I feel like I get, get it and no one else around me is. And that feels lonely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but then God shows up for me in these little moments, reminding me, hey, you're not alone because you choose me. Yes. I am, I'm, I'm showing up. And I said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be with you. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to be perfect. I just need you to submit to me. Yeah. That's all I need you to do. So you don't need to wake up every morning with the six tools to a better relationship with yourself or your children or your friend. You just need to wake up every morning trusting me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I kind of what's going through it. You're talking about, is there a better word for this? I don't, I don't know if there's a better word for it. Maybe (laughs) it's like, I feel like I'm starting to catch glimpses of what it feels like to like live whole, Mm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that sounds just as weird, but, uh, (laughs) you know, even saying expose me, we use that phrase a lot. Can we just pause for a second and kind of talk about what does that look like in real life? Because it can sound a little bit, I know you mean it very literally, (laughs) but it can sound like a catchphrase if you don't know us or you're not around us. Um, but you know, living that exposed life, I guess, looks like what? Yeah, it looks like it, it's got a lot of different faces. And I'm speaking from my own uh, personal life. I am willing to hear the hard things from the people around me that love me or don't even love me. So read in between the lines there. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm willing to I'm willing to humble myself and realize I do not know everything. And if I'm quiet long enough, I might be able to hear the truth from someone that is trying to share it with me. You know, um I decided several years ago to you know, see, talk to like this mentor counselor person and when we first started our sessions I said to her hey I'm all in like I'm all in even when it gets comfortable and she said okay are you sure 
mm-hmm. because when it gets comfortable, when it gets uncomfortable, uh, when it gets uncomfortable. Um, and she's like, are you sure? And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm f- I didn't have any sessions. Yet. I hadn't had any sessions yeah. yet. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally ready for this. She's like, OK, I don't even know how many sessions down the road. She said, hey, I need to press pause on this. I need to stop. I need to point something out in you. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said, have you considered that the reason you struggle in your relationships is because you are a judgmental person? (gasps) And I was like, the first thing was like, no. Like I totally went down that road of like, no. And now that I'm thinking about it, blame shifting mm-hmm. happened because I was like, well, no, no, it's just because they, right. You know? And so when she said that I actually had to step away, cause I was pretty ticked off at her for having the audacity to speak to me in that manner. <laughs> How dare, How dare she tell you the truth? How dare <laughs> this daggone evil woman right. tell me the truth. But I made, I had an agreement with the Lord. I said, Lord, in this season, I'm going all in. And what all in looks like is me being quieter and listening to people more because I will hear the truth about who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, If I ask my husband, hey, how do I make you feel in this, in the, in, in times of conflict? I need to listen to that. Right. I did not back in the day. I was like, you're a jerk. <laughs> I'm the princess. You're not, you know. But it was, you know, dying to myself every day, saying I'm going to allow myself um, to be exposed by the Lord. And I'm in constant, I'm in constant communication with the Lord. And I don't mean sitting down kumbaya with candles around me, like mm-hmm. reading scripture. It's like, Lord, you're on what do you need me to see here? Mm-hmm. Like little moments like that. God, I feel some type of way. I'm feeling like nauseous. I'm really angry at this person. What's going on? Can you help me? You yeah. Know? So it's inviting him into these spaces that normally I wouldn't have invited him into. And he really is doing a great job at revealing stuff by using people around me. Mm. Bad and good. Right. People that love me and people that talk about me. Right. You know, so... Yeah, I think um, for myself, this kind of exposure lifestyle, <laughs> that sounds like a totally different thing. That's, that's exposure. <laughs> so what I mean. Hashtag exposure lifetime. Oh my lifestyle. gosh, that needs to be, where's the chaos? Back? Okay. <laughs> when we, when the Lord exposes something in us, the day to day of that means I'm tuned into that part of me, Right. So I've struggled with offense in my life. Very easily offended, hurt. I would never say offended. I'd be like, my feelings are hurt, you know. (laughs) Um, Rejection, those are a couple of big issues in my life. So once the Lord showed me that, you know, and really what was at the root of it was much deeper than like, you've got rejection issues, but like, why do you? Um, Then I can tune into it. I can become aware very quickly, ah, you know, I can make a decision if somebody hurts my feelings to say, <laughs> like you're saying, this constant communication with the Lord, like, Lord, I'm not picking this up. 
you know, I forgive them. Yes. If I'm judging them, forgive me for judging them. You know, um, catching myself before I set myself up for my usual ways of getting hurt mm. or taking offense. Yeah. You know, so t- yep. I just wanted to make sure we dipped into like, and we'll need to talk about this a lot more later, but just the practical side of, okay, Lord expose me. Then he exposes something. Now what? Because it doesn't go away. It's not an instantaneous, well, there it is. Goodbye. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, how do I give this to you constantly? Yeah. How do I stay aware of it? And and if we aren't vigilant, we will slip right back into our yeah. old ways of doing things because we're human and it's what we do. That's and exactly it's what we do. Comfortable. Yes. You know. That's why uh tools are tools will get you so far. Mm. Um but the power of the Holy Spirit will sustain you. Yeah. You know. It will yes. get you to the places where God wants you to be. And you know, tools really are great, but um they only give you a certain amount of strength for a certain season. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's important. We will always talk about Jesus. Yes. Because he he is our hope. You know, we can do all the authentic you classes and all the podcasts we want and take all the notes. But if Jesus is not at the center of it all, if he's not all of it, it, this is just, we'll get by for a little bit. Right. But we will always struggle. Yeah. And that's the thing. You have to get to the point of being tired of living in triage mode mm-hmm. and just going from one wound to the next and being like, okay, how can I patch myself up so I can just stagger along this path some more? Yeah. Um, and to be like, you guys stop. I need like a whole operation. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And here's the deal. We have to remember this work that we do is not necessarily for everyone else because we, we have to do this work for ourselves because in order for us to stay in the game, we have to show up to play the game that we're called to play. Right. Right. And so we're called the, we're called to play this game of like, I'm all in Lord expose me. Mm -hmm. Right. If I'm worried about if everyone around me is leveling up as I'm doing the work and are they leveling up with me, I'm going to struggle. And I struggled with that for a while, like I'm doing all this work and there's people around me, like my mom or my dad or all these people, like they're not leveling up to my healing. And then the Lord says, worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. (laughs) Shut it. That's what he says. Oh my goodness. You know, I do have to press pause for a second because we are vulnerable and we're just real. We, we are, (laughs) I have a a wonderful little eight year old boy crying outside of HQ right now because the front door is locked. Yeah, but so, the back door is wide open. But the back door is wide open. <laughs> so I don't know what's happening. So if you hear a little boy crying. He, I think he's going around okay. to the back now. That, that's what's happening right now. Okay. That's okay. All right. Welcome shall to we, our HQ. We? Right. Yeah. All right. It, I got a question. Is blaming human nature? Like, is it our default? Um, <laughs> are we going to talk about the Adam and Eve, and are we, we going to go into that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because I don't know how, how long we've been here, so I'm excited about this. 43 minutes and 43 seconds. Okay, so we have to, we have to talk about this. Um, 
And it'll make sense once we start talking about the Adam and Eve thing. But we are all sinners and in need of a savior. And humans have been blaming since the beginning. And we see it in, if you know the story of Adam and Eve, um, they were the first people. And so, yes, it runs in us and it (laughs) runs deep, Um, but it doesn't have to stay in us. Amen. So, yes, it's it's in us. Yeah. Doesn't have to stay in us. So when you, right before you got into the Adam and Eve, Genesis 3, 1 through 11, um, on Sunday, you made this point that it's easier to deflect responsibility than to accept the consequences of our poor decisions. Mm. Um, So we hadn't really gotten into yet, why do we do this? Like, yes, we all do it. And it looks like whatever it looks like, um, different for each of us. But why are we doing it? It's because we don't like consequences, right? No. And obviously the ultimate consequence story is Genesis 3. Oh, yes. And, you know, hopefully we we sit in that for a little bit. But we have believed the lie that if we deflect responsibility, then we will not be held accountable for our actions mm-hmm. or decisions. Because no one, like you said, no one wants to sign up for discomfort. Who who? Who wants that? Right. right. No one signs up for that. Um, and since we're, we are going to get into Genesis just for a little bit, when Adam blamed Eve for his disobedience, I'm sure there was this moment where he thought he could shift the blame, you know, um, and that if he could shift the blame, then he can shift the consequence of his disobedience. Mm-hmm. Because that's how I would have thought. Yeah, how do I get out of this? How do I get out of this? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes Adam drives me nuts. It's like, bro, you did not show up for your lady. <laughs> like that's you. Right. I I don't want to marry an Adam. <laughs> don't marry an Adam. <laughs> he didn't show up. And you and we'll, and I think you said we're gonna go over it. Yeah. You know, the scripture. So you'll see how I get a little salty. A lot of people get salty with Eve. Mm-hmm. I get salty with Adam. <laughs> Like, you could have saved the girl. You right. could have said. Slap that out of her yeah, head. No, mama. <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> All right. Why don't you um, kind of read. I don't know if you want to read that passage or just you want to recap it up to the point of kind of Eve handing that fruit to Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have some. I think we can read some passages. Sure. but. Um, you know, the scriptures say that God created and in another version planted a garden in Eden and he called it the garden of Eden and he placed Adam there to work and take care of it. And then Eve came on the scene because God said it wasn't good for him to be alone. Right. So God gave Adam and Eve full access to this, to this garden. And this garden is described as this beautiful, luscious place, you know, paradise, Right. And he gave him full access to this garden. Hey, take care of this garden, take care of this land. You can, you can have it, you know, have fun. Um, they were even naked. So have a lot of fun. You know what I mean? (laughs) But, um, he did say one thing, you know, you cannot eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. You can have everything else, but you can't have uh, the fruit from this tree. You know, God gave Adam and Eve the responsibility to tend to the garden and he instructed them in this one space. Like, 
have it all. I want you, I want you to be blessed here. I have blessed you, right? Just stay away from this. Why? Because if you do eat from this tree, scripture says that God said you will surely die. Um, and just a side note, like the enemy is so tricky and he's so schemy and sly. Um, in Genesis 3, the enemy tricks Eve into eating from that tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she turns around and gives it to her husband. And scripture says that immediately their eyes were open to their nakedness. Yeah. Um, well, actually, scripture says they felt shame mm. in their nakedness. So, yes, that's a little setup to Genesis 3. Right. <clears throat> Okay, so she hands the fruit to him in, let's see, where, what verse are we in? Pulling up the handy uh, Bible app. Thank you, version app. Um, she also gave some to her husband. This is verse 6. Who was with her and he ate it. Okay, then chapter uh, verse 7, then both of their eyes were opened. Um, so God then enters the garden. And he's looking for them and questions them. You know, why are you hiding? Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? I told you not to. And immediately, here we go, cycle of blaming. First thing out of their mouth. First thing. Right. So why don't you speak kind of to what their responses were? Yeah. So if you, I highly encourage you to open up Genesis 3. So if you have a Bible or on your um, phone. The Bible app is really good. Um, Genesis 3, we see Adam blames God. He's got this little undertone of blame to God for giving him Eve. And I don't know what verse it, it... Well, in verse 11, God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? Verse 12, the man said, The woman you put me here, yeah, put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree yeah. and I ate it. Yeah. The woman you put here with me that has this undertone of, mm-hmm. of blame to God. Well, like you, you, you put her here. You chose wrong. Yeah. You, you chose wrong. So Adam blames God for giving him Eve and then blames Eve for eating. And then Eve blames um, the serpent for eating the fruit. Right. So it's like, no one is taking responsibility here. And, you know, and I would, I, sometimes go to like, man, if they would have just told the truth. Right. How might this have been? How might have this been different? You know, because, you know, God asks the question, not because he doesn't know the answer. Right. It could be because he was giving them an opportunity. Yes. Okay. I have to say something. Side note. Go side it away. After last week's podcast, we were talking about Ananias and Sapphira Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. Acts. And somebody um, asked me or said to me, I really struggle with that story because where's the grace? And I said, well, maybe them being asked the question by Peter, is this everything? That was the grace. Because it's not like God didn't already know everything about it. So that moment to come clean was there. Yeah. And just like it's here, what, yes. you, what you're saying. He asked questions. Clearly, he already knew the answer to. Yeah, he's got it's it. in the response. Yeah. This also goes to show you, God is, God is not this God 
sitting on some gold throne trying to set you up to fail, right? He's not. He's a God that gives us chances. He gives us opportunities. He is a God of grace. Mm-hmm. We just miss it because we're so messy and, and we, it's very easy to blame than to take responsibility. And that's what we see here. That's why Adam, and I joke around, God bless Adam, because, you know, may the Lord be with him. <laughs> See, I'm different. I'm like, why'd you put that snake here? <laughs> and that we can go down a whole know, other thing with that. <laughs> we won't do that today. Well, we won't. I mean, we can, but it's, we probably don't have enough time. Um, but yeah, that's just human nature. It's human nature to blame, right? To sin. I mean, that's that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, the we can't escape consequences, and I don't know if I, sh- if we talked about this or if we are, if we have time to talk about this. Um, we cannot escape the consequences of these things that we choose that are contrary to God's plan for our lives or that harm us, um, and we see it in the story of Adam and Eve. And the mm-hmm. consequence was, "Hey, I told you not to do that, and because you did it, I have to remove you now from paradise." Yeah, you forfeited your. Yeah. Stewardship here. Yeah. So, and the scripture says, um, and I don't know what verse it is, but it says that, you know, God placed cherubims, you know, mm-hmm. at the front there mm-hmm. of the garden. I can't imagine having it all. And because of my disobedience, my sin, I lost it. And now I cannot partake in this beautiful thing that God right. gave me. Right. You know, and and human nature would would blame God. Well, that's too harsh, God. Yeah. But he was very clear and he was very generous. Here is Eden. Right. This is Eden. Here it's yours. Take care of it. Take care of the land. It's yours. It's just this part. And the most beautiful part about it being and it's intimated in the early verses of that chapters, he was like walking around with them there. Like they were hanging out together and they forfeited that too. Mm. And so then that proximity to the Lord, the, um, that communion with him, there was a wedge there. Yeah. And of course he puts his plan into action to bring us back to him and yep. he is constantly. Immediately. Yeah. And so, which is, the beautiful part of the story, mm-hmm. right? But what a huge sacrifice to be literally walking the ground with him, um, physically present. Yeah. I want to go back to verse six because we're talking about blaming. We're talking about consequences. But some of the things that we get caught in, like this story, we don't want to paint a picture like, you know, people are so bad and they just like are willingly doing these horrible things. <laughs> motivation, your motivation for something could be good and still result in consequences that you want to avoid, right? So verse six, um, after the serpent gives his spin on things, uh, Genesis 3, six says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. That first sentence there, as she's assessing the situation, 
It was good for food. It was pleasing to the eye, also desirable for gaining wisdom. Those are all perfectly legitimate things to want. Yep. There was nothing bad there in the desire or even the temptation to take it. Yeah. Um, so what's kind of going on here in this verse and what should, what should we be noticing and kind of taking away from that? Cause this is like the moment of decision. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you brought up that, that feeling that she saw the fruit of the tree and she saw that it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that 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 is not the bad thing here, right? right. Um, because we've all had feelings very similar to this, right? Um, but I, I talked about this on on Sunday. For the first time, Eve had to consider whether or not God was actually good, because the serpent got in her mind and and played. A, a nice little prank on her mind. Um, you know, the serpent would have her and Adam believe that God was withholding something good from them. Mm-hmm. So you can have all this, but you can't have this little part here. And for the first time, all Ad, all Eve knew was goodness around right. her. That's all she knew. The goodness of God. And for that moment, in that moment when the serpent says tricked her right made her think something different in that moment she had to question was god really good which i get that question often in seasons of stress or seasons of like i'm not trusting god for something Mm -hmm. i do question his goodness you know um you know god told them that they had access to everything in the garden but this one part And she wanted the wisdom, which is fine. But God told her, hey, that's not how you're going to get it. I'm enough. Right. I I need you to know that I'm enough. And she weighed this new piece of information that she got against her lived experience with the Lord up to this point. And yes. she and she gambled on the thing that she heard. Yeah. That's so sad. But we do it all the time. All when the we time. get into those moments of like, oh, I don't know if I can trust God in this situation or I'm in like full-blown panic mode about yeah. something. And it's like, I don't pause to say, what is my lived experience with the Lord so far? What are the ways that he has already come through for me? Yeah. Why am I not remembering those right now? You know, why am I going with this rogue thought you know, question, doubt that is in my mind in this moment and not dealing in the reality of what I know of God. Yeah. Our human side has sometimes has these desires that are very contrary to God. You know, I want, I feel a certain type of way. So I I have to go on that feeling. Well, no, what is the truth? The truth is God give you full access to all of paradise here. This was paradise. This was beauty. When you were preaching on Sunday, we were we were on this verse. Something hit me that I was like, "Oh my gosh!" The story just got even sadder. So, 
Again, the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. And she took it and ate it. And oh, all of a sudden, I sitting there, I remembered um, Proverbs nine ten: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, what just happened here?" The enemy was able to um, kind of remove the teeth from God's consequences mm. in her mind. And so she felt, he said, you will not surely die. Yeah. That was the consequence God had given. He took away the consequence and thereby her fear of the Lord. Yeah. And so the saddest thing to me about that is had she maintained her fear of the Lord, that is the beginning of wisdom, the thing that she wanted. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we really miss it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, this story, I've read it a thousand times. I'm sure you yeah. have to. And sometimes, you know, I, I read all more things and then I keep going. But if you really sit in this, um, we are all Adam and Eve. Right. We are all, we've all been in that garden of promise and beauty. And there have been times where we, just forfeited it for that one moment. That was not truth. Right. right. That was not truth. And I'm glad that you brought up the point that she knew all and saw all of God's goodness and beauty. But she questioned, was, is that enough? Mm -hmm. Is there more? Surely there's more. Right. Surely there's, there has to be more because there's something there on that tree and he's withholding it from me. Yeah. So now let me go find out what's, what's there. And that, that is what always gets me personally. Like I have to be aware of the things that I think I want, but are not from God. And they may look good, but it may not be what God has for me. Right. Yeah. Even if it is a, you, know, you said, for me, there can be like a thing God has out there that is a good thing. It's yeah. just not for you. Yep. And yep. that can be hard to watch somebody else get that thing or, yeah. you know, well, why they get to have this in their life. Why can't I, yeah. you know, and trusting in his goodness, you know, and that, okay, I, I don't see it right now. I'm going to see it later. Yeah. We're very impatient people. Mm -hmm. We are. Um, I've been very, I, I was, there was a season of my life about, I don't know, seven years ago where I was like, wait, I, what is happening? Everyone around me is leveling up and I have air quotes right now, mm -hmm. leveling up around me. And I'm like, I feel like I'm in the same thing. Is this all you have for me, Lord? Is this all you have for me? Um, you know, my friend is doing this, my husband's doing that, my, my church is doing that. And I'm just here in the background. And it wasn't until years later that God revealed, um, that I was in Eden waiting, eating from his goodness and his love because he was going to reveal something to me, um, 
that was going to take me to this next level of relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But it was all prepping ground right. to get me to that space. Um, and there were moments where I was like, can I get out of this? Can I get out of this? Can mm-hmm. I get, there has to be more, there has to be more, there has to be more. And he's like, yeah, I just need you to sit here. Yeah. Cause there, there is more, but I, I'm the more it's me. It's not who you're going to be for me. Exactly. I'm the more, <laughs> you know, Does mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. Um, you made this another point on Sunday that pretty much sucked the air out of the room. You said blame shifting is made easy by an unchecked ego that lets us reject or deny the truth beneath our behaviors. So let's talk about that for a second because that's a pretty, a pretty big statement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was talking about pride in that moment. Um, the lovely P word. Um <laughs> Even the moment she had this inflated view of herself, which if you're honest, we all have had, um, you know, she saw the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious and decided to, out of her desire to want more, that I'm going to disobey here, Mm -hmm. right? Um, To gain this knowledge, to gain this position that she thought she didn't have, that she needed. Right. She needed to have this position. Um, And it was... It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. But she had, she want, because she wanted more, she had this inflated view of herself and she put her desires and her wants before what the Lord wanted. Um, you know, that's pride, man. Yeah. And that's, you're taking that from her, the decision that she made, her choice for disobedience. Because I mean, scripture does it if you don't have it open in front of you. It's not that scripture is saying, she was prideful or she thought no. this, but the truth is in her actions. Absolutely. You know, what, what she, the decision that she tried to make, tried, decided to make. Wow. I can't talk. You know, <laughs> when we read the story in like Sunday school, it's like the sin of disobedience, but there were other little things that were happening mm-hmm. in her space that led to the disobedience. Right. So it wasn't Okay. I like the tree. Let's disobey. She had pride in her. And that's what I see when I read that, that because I see myself mm-hmm. in, in Eve. Like, I think I know better. I think I want more and, and God's not giving it to me. So surely he's messed up. So now I have this inflated view of myself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I have, I have pride right. in my, and if you know the word, it says, um, and I believe it's in Proverbs, it says pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another translation says before destruction. Yeah. You know, um, and pride affects our relationships. And we see it We see it in Adam and Eve. Their relationship with the Lord was affected by this, you know. Um, so that's the pride behind the choice. Yes. So talk about the unchecked ego in the denials that came after because an unchecked ego doesn't always look like, you know, an obvious picture of like a raging power tripping narcissist, right? <laughs> Those it, exist too. <laughs> yes, for sure. But it does, it's not always as obvious as that. So maybe even just the ego trip of you're with God face to face. 
he's asking you a question that he already knows the answer to, and you still go ahead and lie about it. I don't know about you, but there, I <laughs> tend to think in 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 uh, moments of trying to make decisions that I have the better decision mm-hmm. or I have the better answer. Sorry. Right. Um, and I know better in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm trying to pull up my notes and for whatever reason, my new computer that I have is not being new. Okay. So excuse me here. Um, but I, I wrote that and I wrote it a little bit differently than that. Um, mm-hmm. when I initially wrote it. Um, but you know, when, when scripture verse six says that she saw the, I have it up here now. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Um, she put her desires and her wants before what the Lord wanted, right? She had a desire that popped up inside of her, right? Mm-hmm. She felt that she deserved to fulfill that desire, that she deserved that fruit, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I know it because I'm Eve in a lot <laughs> of moments. Right. She was able to do so because. First, we, we have we, we're not talking about the enemy a lot in the scripture, but he had a huge part to play in this, mm-hmm. a huge part to play in this um, because he does trick us by making us question what God has said to us absolutely it's like he really messes us up um and he causes confusion and we we didn't talk about that but you can go on to uh the youtube channel my authentic church and listen to the sermon but i talk about the how the enemy causes confusion right he's at the center of confusion because if he can get us questioning the truth and what god has actually said to us then he can get us to question everything about god and that's what i i see what we see here in 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 Eve's decision to move forward, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, hope that answers that. Yeah, yeah. Um, another, I was saying how pride doesn't always look obvious, right? Um, how many of us have had a conversation or, or been upset by a conversation and we come back with, you made me feel this way? <laughs> Right. Or felt pressured into doing something, maybe even a small thing um, that we didn't want to do. And we say, you made me do whatever. Um, And yet we've at the end of the day, we can say. We're we're denying our responsibility, even for our own feelings. Okay, so we've been using Jerry Scazzaro's book, The Emotionally Healthy Woman, kind of pulling from that. In her chapter on blaming, she lists six dead giveaways that you're a blame shifter. Why don't you give us those? Yes. So um, you feel you have been dealt a bad hand in life. You don't think you can change anything in your life for the better. You view negative occurrences in relationships in your life as being out of control. Out of your control, Out of your control, yep. You rarely believe you are wrong. (laughs) I love that one. You think apologizing is a sign of weakness. And a lot of people actually grow up like that. Mm -hmm. And last, you dwell on the past instead of looking to the future. And I am going to credit Jerry to this. And and we're going to end with this and what she says here. If you find yourself blaming others and feeling like a victim, it's time to ask an important question. What am I going to do about it? 
because asking yourself this question shifts the focus from blaming others to taking personal responsibility for your life. Right. And that is our prayer for you. Let's start taking personal responsibility for our life. Uh, Okay. We love you. Go grab yourself a cafecito. Pumpkin flavored? Pumpkin. Is there a pumpkin flavored cafecito? I have no idea. The Puerto Rican people would not appreciate that. We will see you next time. Bye.